Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit for plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fire Escape. Mm, hey, y'all. Rule. 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 Uh, how's everybody doing? We're two dudes from Alabama, and a, uh, I don't even know. You you don't like Welsh Londoner? Maybe Welshman abroad? I just got Welshman abroad is good. I mean, I, I just don't have any. I don't have much time for London anymore. You know, I don't. I don't. As the uh, as um, as the, like, the liberals like to say, I don't identify as a Londoner anymore. Oh, you know? oh, okay. Uh, I, I see how it's going. Is it? Is it? Uh, have you become less associated with London now that the former? Mayor is uh is the the PM? Uh, not really. Nah. I mean, he was a prick when he was the uh, when he was the mayor, you know. But quite an entertaining one. So there's not much has changed in that respect, you know. Like all bluster. Actually, I felt a bit bad saying that. I mean, is he a prick? I don't know. It's hard to tell. I mean, I was at, I was at college with a lot of people like Boris Johnson. Okay. You know, sort of like sort of mad braying hooray Henrys. Um, they can actually be quite good fun. You know, you'd have a beer with him. He'd be a laugh, actually, I'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, just don't be a little kid playing rugby with him because he will, mm, yeah, he will stiff arm you right into the ground. Exactly, yeah. There is something of, about that. that everyone who's like... You'd have, a good, you'd have a good time having a drink with him, but you wouldn't trust him. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. There's, like, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, he's... Uh, He's like Britain's Trump or whatever, and I'm like, I don't think, I think that he's Trump has, yeah, he's like I think that he's an extremely intelligent man. He's really he also seems books, you know? more. Uh, he also seems more physically capable. Who are we talking about than, uh, <laughs> than our president? Talking about Boris Johnson, the oh, new yeah. prime minister, the man of England. with the hair. Yeah, he's got some hair. I think that's the only. I think it's because he has weird blonde hair. Yeah. that is where it all comes. That's the in. Trump connection. Because people are like, oh, and because you know, like, it, like I think it's the. The general dislike of his policies, and he has weird hair. Because yeah. I'm like, I've seen, you know, someone was trying to give him an interview or trying to ask him questions like around Brexit, and he just like rode off. Like this person was interviewing him while he was on a bicycle, and he just kept riding and then just rode away from the person <laughs> asking it. It just wouldn't answer anything. And I'm like, well, Trump <laughs> would never ride a bicycle. True. <laughs> he might not know how. <laughs> There's a lot of, I'm actually, I'm slightly reacting against some of the. I mean, I'm no fan of Boris Johnson. Like, I think he's a deeply untrustworthy, sort of slightly mendacious, you know, like lazy. Wow. That's a word. Wildly arrogant individual. Mendacious, just, the word of the week for like, the fire escape. I've just like, come across so many people like him in the UK. Like, it's a very particular class of sort of, you know, of sort of aristocratic Englishness. But, you know, but that's, I'm not saying that even using that as some people would as in itself denoting something that's at fault. I, I know some like super poshy types from the UK who are really delightful. So, but he's a very particular sort of people from that, um, what used to be called the ruling class. You know, there's this sort of interesting, just like presumption of, of 
power and status uh-huh. you know and yeah. it's uh, and it's it's intriguing to sort of come across because when you actually encounter it because it could be quite it could be sort of dazzling in a weird sort of way you know what uh-huh. i mean like, sort of like weird overconfidence but it's always it's the, the british the english quality of that is one that often and boris johnson is a perfect example of it but it's a sort of like brazen ownership of like the world in terms of attitude but in combination with that sort of faux modesty that the english are so good at projecting do you know uh-huh. what i mean <laughs> you know so it's like he you know will look he's like he his hair is always a fucking mess do you know what i mean and, and yeah things like that but it's like it's all a bit of a performance you know because actually inside it's he's not really that much of a mess you know what I mean it's like a very weird it's like you know it's like that sort of Hugh Grant front you know yes. like I'm, yeah. I'm, a bumbling, oh, I'm, a bumbling, I'm a bumbling idiot you know yes yeah um, but I'm also going to take over your country <laughs> yeah it kind of like I, that's the way I think in which uh, that's kind of like the I don't know th- these are my thoughts on how I think Trump has broken the uh the like the way we describe like political figures and stuff like, like he's he's become this measuring stick with which we equate all sorts of people but he's so like singularly well that's not yeah. necessarily true there are other people who are similar to him but anybody who is remotely similar to him <laughs> we we want to go oh this person is this country's yeah, trump we exactly. need to give him the credit really he's due on being really fairly unique because it just helps them yeah, you know, there's no, there's, it's the sort of Twitterization, isn't it? It's like yeah. it's this sort of easy deflection, you know, easy summation. It's just bollocks. It's clickbait bollocks, you know, because it's that attitude where you go, well, I know what you mean, but it's it's something that doesn't reflect well on how you're actually going to tackle the problems of these people. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. you have to take mm-hmm. them on their uniqueness, which is in each case unique, right? You know, Boris Johnson is a uniquely weird dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. He's not fucking stupid, man. The man has written books, whether you think they're good books or not, you know, is a different question. Trump hasn't even read a fucking book, you know, by his uh, own master, except by for his the own, art of the deal. Own, by his own admission. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. Except for the art well, of the that's, deal. That's the thing is you, like you are you are wildly off track if you're gonna compare Boris Johnson <clears> or th- or call him or put him in the same breath as Trump. Yeah. You know, what what they do share, I think, is a sort of evasive um you know he's a bit he's a classic liar i mean that's not me just labeling him as much either i mean it's just like look it up <laughs> you know? yeah it's like it's just you know but it's that sort of thing where he just doesn't care you know he doesn't mind mm-hmm. so that's what something that they share i think the thing they do share is a probably a sort of um i think is a sort of craven uh and a, a sort of craven lust for power you know Mm-hmm. Uh, or a maintenance of a certain status that has to be upheld. So lust for power might be a bit too strong. Is I think it probably is more re- more sort of resonant of um, of their backgrounds. Do you know what I mean? Something well, and it's probably just, completely it's different if pain, you know? if Boris came from you know a more ar- aristocratic background. Like Trump is definitely everything his is his thing is like uh, you know some weird approval seeking from either his father or from like the society like the manhattan society in new york as opposed to like you know always being donnie from queens and no matter how many buildings he slaps his name on in manhattan he never you know was viewed as 
you know, the old money. Yeah, he was Manhattan never going to be in the same whatever. conversation as like be, Rockefellers. Yeah, or, you he know, was always going to be. Oh yeah, JP you know. Morgan's and things. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But that's the thing. That's what I was saying a second ago. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I do think Trump is due the credit uh, of he. He is a unfortunately unique. Oh, I mean, no, not unfortunately, but he is a he is a little more unique than I think a lot of us will give credit for. As far as someone who is, I mean, short of like crazy, you know, uh, like I don't know, like warlords. <laughs> Uh, of certain countries and things like he doesn't have that much in common with many leaders of the world because um, he just didn't get there by being really cunning and smart yeah like yeah, it's the um exactly the the sort of like the you know there was obviously crossovers you know autocratic tendencies and things like that sure you know i mean but like but personality I type is not yeah, I, th- I think the problem comparable. is comparable it's not that that's necessarily wrong. It's just about how useful label it, like just clubbing people together like that is. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yes. It's, like, it's part of a broader, it's part of a, like, a broader thing that you're seeing. We've talked about a few times. You see more generally nowadays. It's it's part of the idea of sort of lumping large collections of people into sort of broad um, labelistic groups. You know, for the for a sort of ease of discussion, I guess. But also that you you start to sort of define people's character by these generalized labels. You know, and and it's all and it's always that is always going to be problematic. Do you know what I mean? But it, yeah. it, it, it's problematic, and I don't mean that in the sort of let's cancel you sort of way. Problematic in as much as that you're not going to get to the close of what you're not going to get close to the actuality of what's going on with that person if you're always going to be endlessly sort of summarizing them through those sort of like broad ideas. Do you know what I mean? Is that yeah. fair? Maybe it's not fair. What I think, think so. I mean. Yeah, I, I I definitely think so. Uh, mm-hmm. I think as far as like the way, you know, we like to have, especially as it pertains to politics, but other things too, uh, the way we like to have conversations about people and things is like how quickly can we generalize to like just make it really easy to to consume. Uh, and you know, I guess a lot enough of that has to do with like the internet and the way we use the internet to discuss these things. And it's like, all right, you got to you got to just keep it as as simple as you can possibly make you know it's like what, during the election you know when everybody up here in the city was like if you voted for trump you are evil and you are a racist and you hate everyone and it's like well yeah well I th- that's I mean, not it, that's just not it's just it is more complicated than that whether we like all, it or not we've always done that you know what i mean like that's something where you know in the uh in like the early 1900 or like post um uh, not early 1900s mid 1900s post mid 20th century uh, think about like all the stuff that's going on with like specifically Guatemala, like yeah. in the Guatemalan Im- immigration like crisis and um, the caravans of people, etc. Like Guatemala is so messed up because it was basically completely ruled by the Chiquita Banana Company, like the mm-hmm. uh, company, and uh, people like socialists like and like union organizers and stuff started taking control in the government and america started like secretly funneling money to like resistance groups to that and then what happened instead of like light social like because we equated socialism with like communism and everybody was like convinced about the domino theory and stuff like light socialist change like didn't happen and a even more left-wing like actual communist government came in and took over and like after a civil war happened it's like 
you do like it's one of those things where we we equate so many things like like oh you know these are all the same like but what's weird is like no one's like goes oh yeah sweden those communists you know what i mean like no one equates them with like the soviet union but like i don't know it just kind of it's one of those weird things I i feel like equating like lumping big groups of people together or or saying it's it's obviously natural to go oh this is you know boris johnson is england's trump but if that's your full if you never do any like research beyond that i think you get a pretty poor picture and you start underestimating people or or overestimating people and of course what it is is it's just very symptomatic of like the broad way of it's that sort of way of thinking. I mean, you know, sort of knee-jerk assumptions, but it's it's obviously existed for as long as human history has been, you know, we've all been around, but it's more that sense that it's become exacerbated or there's more of a tendency towards it, Mm -hmm. you know, in recent decades because the internet. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. well, because people know more (laughs) things Well, that's what I'm saying is, like, so we have to compartmentalize it. Yeah, yeah. The discourse has become shallower and swifter and shorter, you know, yeah. or certainly shorter and, and swifter, steeper. and then ergo more likely to be shallower. And then one of the results of that is that you sort of have modes of thinking which is has to condense things into sort of shorter means of communication, right? You yeah. Know, and, so then, and then it's much easier to say it's all just like this. Yeah. So that's why that's why I'm glad you gave us the steeper is steeper uh, look, the deeper is yeah. deeper look at at BJ. Yeah. Totally. MPBJ, uh, PMBJ. Just before before I forget, since you were talking about Guatemala and the immigration stuff, I don't know if you saw it on AL.com. I was just kind of thumbing through there, and there's a a long interview with for so for anyone who doesn't know how you may not be hip to this band, maybe you are. I don't know, but Lee Baines and the Glory Fires. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, is he from Birmingham? I think so. He's from Alabama. Yeah. Uh, anyways, he has been like. Really starting with the Doug Jones thing is I think is when they really got kind of noted for being him in particular being pretty political dude. So how I do you know Lee Baines and the Glory Fires that band? No, 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 I did. So it's very like they get they kind of get called as like you know the the future of rock and roll and they made like a big splash when we were in college and had a write up in Rolling Stone because they were you know they're a country yeah they're a country band but it's very much. It, you know by by way of like punk and rock and roll like you know but but i still would i would qualify them uh, as as country um kunk kunk <laughs> ew. <laughs> ew. put a dollar in the jar i think you cuss <laughs> no man <laughs> uh, but anyways there's there's Hashtag a kunk baby there's a good long uh we won't we won't read it or discuss it too far in here but listeners if you are interested in uh you know, a a really, uh, in my opinion, good look at like a progressive Southern. You know, uh, you know the 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 side of the South that doesn't get any looks in the news. It, like this dude uh, Lee Baines just did a long interview with some other publication, and I think AL dot com you know covered it or whatever. Uh, so it's a long interview, mostly him talking, uh, but essentially about. Uh, immigration and like you know he he basically says I'll paraphrase it but he's like if we claim to love because he's very like pro southern you know he's very very you know outwardly outspokenly southern or whatever and uh, and he's like you know if we claim to love the south 
um, than like, but but we refuse to let it change, and we refuse to let these other cultures and other people who are you know monumental in building Southern culture, uh, you know, as it pertains to immigration, you know, the current immigration conversation. He's like, then we're dead in the water. You know, he's like, it, we have to allow people to come and be a part of this culture or we're going to lose it and it's going to be gone. Um, which, you know, and like I say, that's a, a tiny little summation of this whole interview. But I mean, when, during the Doug Jones thing, the, him and the glory fires were driving around in the back of a pickup truck playing shows and like campaigning for Doug Jones, like very, very progressive, very Southern, you know, the type of dude that I think in New York would probably people would cock their eyebrows at him with his accent and things like that. Um, but is, you know, doing more, I think politically, um, like real political activation than a lot of the people who like to write crap on Twitter and mm. whatever. Um, he's just, it's just cool. Uh, I, I very much like to see somebody who is so like so much of his brand is Southern, you know, as far as like his music goes, um, it, their music, I mean, the whole band is cool. Um, and is also super, you know, outspokenly politically active, and you know you can call it progressive or liberal or whatever you want to call it but it's a great interview on al.com i suggest you read it uh for any of our listeners who maybe are across the pond or are not uh of southern lineage of any kind that you know uh maybe you want to learn a little bit about uh you know kind of expand your thoughts on what a southerner can be um it's a pretty yeah. it's a pretty good one um it's very encouraging to me. I love that stuff. Like, just hearing that makes me, you know, coming back to what we were saying in terms of obviously Boris Johnson's got us going. We've returned to this before a few times. It's like the gnarly problem of of attempting to sort of navigate, you know, you know, the uniqueness of the individual and also like the breadth of, you know, the sort of multiplicities that people can contain and you know and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and how in you know the current sort of not I think not only in the press but in sort of a broader accepted the sort of I guess you know probably one of the broader ideas of what constitutes you know a sort of truth or what your or what is the basis for a lot of sort of discourse in contemporary media not only the media but you know also in academia is a sort of academicized language you know what i mean there's a sort of theoretical utilization that gets bandied around a lot now do you know what i mean and um and what do you mean with, well, and it's not without value but it's, it's again i'm talking about the sort of broad generalizations about groups of individuals that that is somehow representative of an individual when of course sure, sure. Doesn't, doesn't think they're necessarily representative of any of that stuff. But if you were to, to deny that, a lot of people now would say that you're delusional because you are part of that group. Ergo, you represent the large theoretical impact of that group. Because there's a lot of, you know, things about this group of people are getting more, you know, these, this comes into ideas of privilege, of course, to do with ideas of whiteness, blackness, which is a very American-focused discussion, but also now out in the wider world, certainly in the UK. But you get, and it's not like those arguments necessarily are wrong either. But it's an extraordinarily difficult um, place to negotiate when people are when huge broad generalizations about an, an enormous swathe of humanity are applied to individuals as if it as if it is their individual truth, and if they were to deny that, that they're somehow you know, deluded in some form. Do you know what I mean? Sure, yeah, yeah. And, um, and it's like, it's, I mean, I actually just don't know how to square that circle. Yeah, I always feel like it feels inherently a bit smelly because 
I guess I'm in a big believer that like some people can, you know, it's character that counts, but also there's enormous structural problems, as we all know, especially in this country, as regards, you know, particularly as regards race. But it's the way that it's the way those arguments are used. I find always find very challenging, you know, because I think as soon as you begin to minimise an individual's individualism, so to speak, you know, yeah. um, I think you get into very dangerous territory, and people react against it often. You know? Yeah, it's the same. It's like the I was actually thinking about this. Don't. I mean, it's worth it's worth also saying. Sorry to interrupt, but I think it's also worth saying that some people feel empowered by that as well. Because I think there is a degree to which that if you think of yourself maybe within a certain sim- sort of simple demarcated group, you can feel a sense of not only community, but sometimes that can be an empowerment, you know. Yes. And that can come across either, that can be nationalism, that can be patriotism, but that can also be, you know, some you could argue the senses of what a religion can be appealing about. There's always any particular sense of like a large communal group with shared ideals and purpose can make you, can be a sense of togetherness. Yeah, but I think the key being utilized you know what i mean is like is that an inclusive argument or is it an exclusive argument you know and yes how can it, and how can it be one or the other you know what i mean i think the key too is like this was something i was thinking about this weekend i got a little uh man this is gonna sound so lame and stereotypical i was thinking about you know the nature of like humanity i was in woodstock <laughs> i was in woodstock new york i was thinking about humanity man uh, and i was sitting on the corner of tinker street in rock city mm-hmm. uh and yes that is a corner in woodstock so sure just 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 so you know i wasn't actually there uh when i was thinking about this i was actually driving um back but i was i wasn't thinking about anything there i was clearing my mind to make space for these thoughts there yeah dude uh, <laughs> Um, but the, you know, it's the 50th anniversary of Woodstock this year. That's right. Uh, a lot of good kunk bands. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay me 20 bucks or else I'm going to name that, the, name, uh, <laughs> name this episode kunk. kunk. Uh, but, uh, no, just like, I think that like the labels are like labeling pe- like groups of people and stuff. Like, I, I think any of it's fine. And like community is obviously great. And, but there is like a, a way in which. Even if, like, you know, speaking as, like, someone in the more, like, from the more, like, privileged side, like, I don't mind being labeled as such. There is, like, a, I think that the thing, like, you know, it's kind of how, it's like, I don't think that, like, reverse racism is a thing, as in there is, like, harm done to white people by people, by, like, people of color not liking white people or not trusting white people or thinking white yeah. people are all, like, a certain type of way. I don't think that that actually, like, harms me in any any way. Like, other than, like, oh, man, that kind of hurts my feelings if you say something. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think... I think it's not necessarily for me or even for those... Like, this is kind of, like, a different thing, not the actual... Like, there's obviously has to be... Uh, you know, th- this isn't like a a any type of political or physical application for anything. Like there needs, there has to be like civil rights laws because if there aren't laws, then people will do yeah. bad things to my, minority groups because they yeah. have more power. Uh, my thing is more of a. It's not healthy for yourself to think about other people to like dehumanize people in a way that is like 
a mass of people because it, it is dehumanizing someone to think about them as like a broad generalization. Yeah, of course, um, yeah. Exactly. and it's not good for you to think about people that way. How it's what? How are these things utilized? Yeah, what is the use of these things? Yeah, and like for people who are like who have power you dehumanizing people actually affects the people who you're dehumanizing. If you don't have power to, to do anything to dehumanize, like the thoughts of dehumanizing doesn't actually do anything to someone else, uh, who you are dehumanizing. Uh, and like, unless you have power, but even just the thoughts themselves don't do anything, but it does do something to you. Yeah, I was going to say that's like, that's always my opinion on that stuff is like the interpersonal relationships, and like on a, on a individual yeah. cultural level, mm-hmm. like to the to the overall you know say American culture, right? Yeah, that like yeah, reverse racism is not like oh they're ganging up on the whites and we're now they're being racist against us or whatever. Like that's yeah. that's not real. But on a person to person level, I I certainly believe that it's damaging uh, because that does yeah. hurt the overall cause of like yo man we got to figure out how to. I mean this sounds a little you know a little Woodstocky, but like. If we can't figure uh, out how to live, deal, live together, man. But it's like if we don't if we don't work out how to deal with each other as individuals, then yeah. like then the overall thing can't ever get better. But I'm even less like it's for me. Like I don't. I think that like you know if I encounter someone who like you know like a, a while back when I was like walking down the street at night and like some dude on a bike was just like white people get the fuck out of Harlem I'm yeah. like that doesn't hurt like in a real level that actually is that mindset is more damaging for him than yeah. it, it than him saying that to me totally like that's my thing is like it's it's not even like a oh that's going to make it doesn't have like cuz I think that the argument like oh you're going to alienate the people who you're being like mean to or like the people who like that's less powerful like you can i can get over that you know what i mean and like i understand where he's coming from and like i understand like why he has these feelings i can get over all of that it's not his job to you know like walk me through those things but it's not a healthy way thing thought for him to have like that's my more like bigger concern is like i get it but it's like it's just not it's like that won't make you that will make you less happy and like less like you know what I mean like that that's going to be only damaging for him yeah like moving forward and it will do next to nothing to me yeah 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 know. well and and it, I I think that stuff stems into a bigger problem when you get like young shouty white liberals who sure. then start to adopt that same thing but oh white people are just the worst and you're like yeah. what you're just <laughs> Like, you, what are you doing? Like, like you, are, you well, are a one. Of course, what it raises is just questions about why the. So it's almost that thing is, is that it's not so much necessary. You know, the question is like, is it the terminology or is it how is it being used? You know, the question yes. is like why, why, why are people using the terminology and in what way? You know, yeah, and what, and, and what are they using it for? You know, so they might. So it might be said that people are using terminology around. You know the issues that we were just discussing. You know about for for genuine sort. You know that their hearts in the right place and they're trying to address you know you know inequality on a structural level. And that's nothing. No one's going to argue with that. You know you might argue with the details of it, whether it's a true thing or not. But if that's the intention, that's a positive intention. But you know there's a, but then sometimes you get that flavour that like the question of power. You know, it feels very present in my mind when you engage with some of these discussions. That you know the sense of what. 
of you know it's the idea of what the, the power that a certain morality can give as well you know or the feeling of a certain morality often feels very at play in some of these chats in, in some of these discussions especially when you see it on the internet yeah and um and know, it gives you like license to, like to treat they, other you know, people you're not like yourself inside it kind of it's kind of like water off a duck's back to a degree Do you yeah know what i mean it doesn't really bother you you know like but it's but I find it bothersome like, when you see it in large scale, you know, the, when there's an expression of that as a sort, as if it's a sort of large scale movement, if you will. You know, I'm not quite sure how to nail it. You know, yeah. almost as a sort of, it feels like a religious truth at times. When that has, and that has the, that can feel like it has a sort of a punitive characteristic to it. It's the idea of shaming, isn't it? On sure. The basis of those things. And then that's, that's utilizing these arguments very for sort of in strange reasons. And it takes you to, I don't know who said that. It's that idea, which is like that you get, a, it's, it's whether you're wanting to utilize language on the basis of where you want to be or on the basis of how things are. You yes. Know, I, find that, I find that a very challenging mm. and interesting idea. You know, yeah. because if you are going, what if the purpose of what we're all trying to do is to sort of collapse these boundaries and to live more communally, and you know, then what is the most useful way to go about that? Is it to utilize a discourse of division or not? Well, you know, think, now it may be in the, in a bit, but on the, or is there a middle ground? Is the middle ground that yeah. there is a huge amount of division on the basis of all these very complicated issues in society at the moment? Yes, and maybe the best way to describe that is utilizing some of these you know, group identity frameworks, you know what I mean, as a yeah. way of looking at that on a structural basis. But do you want to claim those things off the, the facts of the individuals that you want to unite? Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Because then it's like, then maybe you want to think about, if it's not, if what you're aiming toward is something which is free of those, that sense of division, then maybe we can talk, is it possible? Is it open? This is not a rhetorical question. I mean, is it possible to... Um, talk about structural language let's say in terms of identity group but without thinking that but to find a way to use a language that doesn't necessarily say individuals are representative of those wide groups do you know what i mean because Maybe. it's because then you're saying like is it possible to collapse is it possible to collapse those ideas eventually is that what we're trying to work towards i, I, mean, I don't know i think to, some people work, are we trying to work towards an idea where these things are still maintained as like Real life facts, you know, yeah. facts of division on a ba on a human basis. I mean, there are. I think there are a lot of people like on. Uh, well, I, I won't say a lot. I I certainly know people who are, uh, you know, members of whatever you know, <clears throat> various minority groups that, uh, very much, do believe like they. Well, they're, they're not. I don't think they're necessarily trying to achieve, um, a, a, a overall general community. Like I think there's a lot of people who very much believe that like there needs to be a strong black community for black people mm, yeah, and yeah, Hispanic yeah. community for you know various Hispanic people and you know Korean that's, community yeah, for Koreans. A question. I mean, yeah, genuinely, like, uh, and, like, that's I think it is an that's it feels like that is something very much at play. At the yeah, I, I think so, and I don't honestly I don't exactly know. Cause, and I wonder if some of it comes from just not thinking that it's realistic for that for there ever to be a exactly uh, you know what i mean like for like the the majority or for like if it just being an unrealistic goal like i, I definitely do think that 
uh, for as nice and like woolly as it sounds, the Woodstocky idea of like we're all just a part of the human race, man, is yeah. like is like not not like a realistic goal this side of uh, this side of life. Well, you know it's what I mean? Something like, it's we've kind never of, been able to achieve. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been people for a long time. That's, that's I guess is the question is that you know like what Pete just said about various communities feeling that it, they want to maintain you know their sense of the individualism of their communities and for that to be guarded is probably you know is undoubtedly informed by feeling you know the opposite has been the you know yes true attempts of being otherwise has not has not gone well do you know and what this... i mean and like you can't argue with that yeah <laughs> you know? well and, and you know what i mean like, of course not but i still think the question remains is that and maybe then the onus is on the question is on the people in more of a position of power about saying, well, if that's what something that is actually a communal, something we all communally desire, what's what needs to happen in order for that? There, there, maybe there is a two way exchange that has to go, but there's probably more, there might be in theory more to lose for the people in power than the people without the power. See, the, you know, the issue, utopian dream of the American society, particularly to become a reality. Well, the issue for me on that thing is like, and this is, I, I don't really know how to say this without just, un, again, I don't know. Uh, it, I, I run the risk of sounding like, uh, I don't know, the internet shouty, like, you know, the people on the other side, you know, like white people, the bad guys who are doing like the racist shit from the white team. But like, they're, I, I run into an issue with that because, because then you, you, if, so if you're like, okay, like, black folks need to maintain a strong black community to feel part of their thing to uh, preserve culture and whatever like cool like i have no issue with that hispanic people same thing so you know various asian folks same thing whatever everybody wants to have a, a group whatever like i don't really have a comment on that except for it gets into a really complicated situation for white people because then <laughs> exactly but you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not arguing that this is my belief by any stretch of the imagination. But Pete's just saying he needs some Lebensraum. But you. But you know what I'm saying? Like that does. That yeah. that creates a problem. There, yeah. there is then a paradox where it's like, okay, well, white people can't. You know, you 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 open yourself to intense criticism because of historical precedent on white people having white only situations. Sure. Uh, and so, so at that point, you're like, I don't know what to do with that because then you can't carry that well, same idea through everything. Their I don't argument think. would be the default for most for a lot of situations is yes, already like implicitly t- totally. like totally. You know, yeah. But I'm saying if you're like if that's your opinion, it's like all right, I want to. And again, I know people who have. This, we already got Soul Cycle, man. That's right. But that <laughs> but that isn't. You, I don't know. I don't know how no, to say it without sounding like a racist asshole because I don't believe in this. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to think the whole scenario through. Well, mm-hmm. I think what, this doesn't even fit. But one of the tensions again in terms of the language, man. You know, yeah. it's just that if you if there is a coherent belief in that a group identity is something which is like like livably separate from other group identities. Yeah. You know, if that belief is, and it has a coherent, you know, maybe societal structure, you know, and like, and that people could probably argue that's the case, not just in terms of the American black or white, you know, which is obviously a, that's a broad idea based around the idea of race, but you could certainly say that in terms of yeah. more, you know, particular cultures, indigenous cultures in terms of place, do you know what I mean? All sorts of cultures all over the world. If there's that belief, then you're going to, uh, 
it's easier to sort of support that belief when you when, when perhaps that a particular society or culture has been in a particular place for a very long particular time. You know what I mean? But if sure. you're, but if you're, if that belief is such based on on such a broad idea of personhood in a country where there's such a huge and enormous broad mix of people already, it does, I think it just there's just like there is it raises very practically difficult questions about how you go about cohabiting. Yeah, yeah, and it gets down do you know to like, what, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, where does that exist? Is the question. Different groups too, like being, you know, like with what Lee Baines is saying, like what do, in like in a lot of problems that like people who don't, you know, people a part of like the black community who don't fit into like what they feel like is being pushed as like the hegemonic stereotypical yeah. like black community. It's the same thing with like what is what define like I define myself as being very southern, but like there's obviously a part of things that you know, like that other people would say, oh, you're not even southern because I'm yeah. not like a Second Amendment like shouting like or uh, even Trumper, you know what I mean? Even like, more like a, a friendlier version of like, well, you didn't grow up farming or yeah, you know or sure. like you know whatever, like just more more innocent southern things, yeah. Uh, you know, you're not country enough, which, you know, and, and I even find myself like trying to put those pieces together to to better identify as Southern. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, I lived on a farm for three years. So that counts. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, it's like that that sort of thing. And like, you had horses. That yeah, counts. it does count. That's a point in the column. That's true. But that's I think that's like that's why I, you know, I, 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 I what I, I'm trying to. That whole like everyone needs to have their own cultural group to do their own thing in or whatever. Like I personally am not really with that because uh, because I can't see the whole scenario through. I, I eventually well, I come just, up I on. Just, a, I'm cool with it as long as it's loosely held. I can understand sure. the sensibility behind it. It's not so much that like you know you can think everyone can think about these terms in the, in, in themselves. So. You know, I can think about my own background and I can think about that in terms of Welsh culture or I can think about it even in terms of my own family or, you know, or the period of time or when, where, you know, my, the part of my life, big part of my life in London. You know, there's aspects of it's all to do with the self, isn't it? You know, and, yeah. and you think about yourself and your sense of your identity in that respect. It's complicated. Yeah. It's a mix of all these different cultures. But the one thing that's true is that you feel protective about it because it's you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yes, what's made you. Yeah. And and. and, I- and and in that respect, you know, it can feel coherent in terms of the you-ness of it. Yeah. And, you know, and if other people share the things that feel like you too, then you can feel coherent about that. But I guess the thing that becomes, it's like once you get into the real world of like body to body, flesh to flesh, eye to eye, like where do those things become tangible? Like in the way that we structure the world at the moment, they become tangible in things like the nation state, you know, or they become tangible in things like religions or, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of where do they tangibly exist? But I think a lot of the stuff, certainly when it comes to, you know, the contemporary, like, our like real contemporary battlegrounds and the culture wars to do with ideas of religion, sexuality, but the broader ideas of what gets called identity politics is they're nebulous things. You know, yeah. they, they yeah. seem to they they seem to they're nebulous but fiercely held ideas, which is why I think often they get called ideologies. Whether that's true or not is a different question. But it's because they exist very firmly in the sort of definitely within the cyber internet sort of shadow space as like things that people, which obviously means it exists in the mental space, like the collective psychological space. But 
at present, it's like it does do these things arguably exist as like a sense of tangible real world place, like in the sort of sensual real world that we exist. I don't know. I mean, actually, again, that's not a rhetorical question. Like, yeah, yeah. Part of that, it's like, uh, I mean, it, it is. I, I'm genuinely asking that because I think that's the that is for me the thing that I often feel like I'm in a state of like cognitive dissonance about. Is yeah. that I can read the things and be caught up in them and understand the emotions behind some of it. Sometimes question them. Sometimes feel I agree. But you just get as soon as you walk away from your computer screen or put your phone down, you know, you wonder about the sort of the the, the actualized nature of some of the things that are being, yeah, you know, well, that's... fought over or defended. Yeah, you know, they feel like they are sort of sometimes they feel like shadow structures containing a huge amount of collective feeling, which wasn't necessarily without meaning. You know what yes. I mean? But it's about like how do we put those into what is the actualized reality of that? If it if the actualized reality of it is that we're somehow denying a flow between people, or when I say use flow, it sounds terribly woolly. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, mm -hmm. how do you find a way for that to be, for these things to to have a positive effect in the real world? Like, where do you demarcate the space if you're trying to protect something? Also, you know, like yeah. it can be quite tangible when it comes to issues like gentrification, for example. Do you sure. know what I mean? People have lived in a place for a certain amount of time. That feels like a very tangible example of place. You know what I mean, and how you engage with that. that. But when it comes to sort of broader ideas of protecting community, which which exist on the basis of very sort of deeply held, but in essence, sort of character ideas, it, it doesn't seem. Where do they? Where do you hang your hat in that in the real well, world? Well, see, that's why. You know I, what I mean, that's why for me, yeah. like uh, I, I think like I. That's why I think I. I uh, so much. So much more, you know, greatly associate or like categorize myself or whatever as Southern. Um, because, like, I don't know, like for me, it's like I think regional cultural, uh, you know, stuff is way more applicable than skin color. I mean, there's like, you know, that, that anthropologist when I was in school that said, you know, skin color is the least useful way to categorize people um, as far as like, you know, scientifically, because I have so much more in common with a black, white, brown, Asian, I mean, any type of person who was raised in the Southeast than I do your average white person from Connecticut. Like, I just have so much more co like cultural uh, connectedness with those people mm. than I would with just another white person from another place. Um, which is like, and, and I think, you know, when you say Southern, I think a lot of people think white, which is, is also a problem. Um, well, I th yeah, I think what you're raising for is actually a very coherent idea, which I think, I just read a really fascinating book. I'm going to do a shout out to a fascinating book that literally touches on what we've just got to. And the book has a rather wooey title, but don't be dismayed by the title. It's called The Spell of the Sensuous. But it's about it's a book of philosophy about it's about it's ecological philosophy. But one of the things that it brings up, and it's by a guy called David Abrams. Is that his name? I think it is David Abrams. Um, yeah, David Abram. Um, it, one of the things it brings up is about the psychology of place, and it's exactly what yeah. you're saying, which is that we, as like organic, you know, fleshy humans, are in response with the place that we're in and the uh -huh. land that we're in. Yeah. And the, our characters are far more, you know, we have there's genetics, of course, you know, in play. There's obviously it's the nature nurture question, but that co collectively and communally, 
we our sense of uh, who we are and our identity is very firmly um, ensconced in like the physicality of the landscape that we're in, yeah. you know, and that that is a sort of the, it's a book really about the idea of something called phenomenology, which is about the um, the experience of the phenomena of being alive, you know, like the present moment experience of what, how it informs you and informs people. And it's very fascinating in that respect because it speaks directly to what you're saying about like your southernness is the thing that you feel speaks you more than some sort of theorized idea of your identity group. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, well, and, and I guess that touches on, I feel what that book voices very successfully is something I think beyond the me saying, is this a rhetorical question or not? You know, I feel like it's increasingly true that a lot of this stuff feels to me to be a sort of a somewhat like locked in the, in the academic mind and, and is involved with a sort of active negation of the nature of like the real world interaction and the places and the places we're living in and the places we're living and the people we're living with. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that somehow that's got to the point whereby it's almost like that actual real worldness in all of its like vast mystery and complication has started in itself to be seen as a bit of a negative, you know, that you're being a bit, not just a bit of a hippie, but that it almost doesn't have a sort of, it doesn't have a weight or a value compared to a sort of slightly, you know, a sort of a deeply sort of either theoretical or academic or sort of text based, you know, internet media, whatever you want to say, sort of based interaction, that that has more value than the complications of the places that we're from and the accumulation yeah. of all those things and what it means. And that all for, that for me is like, this, that's like the spirit of America in many respects is like, the complications of vast amounts of humanity in these places which they originally are not from you know coming mm, yeah. together and letting the place and the interaction inform them in all of their great confusion that's partly why i found birmingham such a fascinating place you know as a city where you guys are from yeah it has this yeah. Like, wild and weird and like vastly nasty history but also it's a place of like great community and confusion and complication and multiplicity and and actually, I think speaks to the, the the truth of what you just said, Pete, about the sort of there's a spirit of place there which crosses all those perceived groups or boundaries, doesn't it? That's, yeah, is that I what mean, you're saying? I, I, like I think saying, so. Right? And, and I, voice, but. yeah, and I have to recognize. I mean, I think it's you know uh, fair to recognize it. Like, I'm sure uh, it's probably. I mean, I don't know. I assume it's probably different for like. You know, it's, it, maybe it's easier for me to have that feeling as a white dude versus like if I was raised in the South. You know, it's always like we were talking about the girl who uh, uh, was it the Iraqi girl or wherever she I don't remember who she was. Maybe she was Syrian or something that went to they uh, went to ISIS, ISIS yeah. from Birmingham. It's like that whole thing, like that story has never left my mind where it's like I'm sure her relationship to being a Southerner is it's just different, very different than my relationship to being a Southerner. But I still feel so much more connected to that person, uh, culturally speaking, than I do. Absolutely. You know, uh, yeah, again, I I, oh, uh, just some white person in New York City, just because I just have more, there's just more dots that are connected I, it, to, in, in my mind. But it's not um, one or the other. I think that's what I'm getting at. You know, yeah, you're, you're getting at the complications of, of it all and like the how... Yeah, it's like it's more complex than just oh, you grew up as this person in yeah. this place, so you must be 
all the same like you're all the white people are the same or all the white people from a certain state are the same or all the black people from a certain place are the same or et cetera et cetera et cetera it's like it's we all have a lot of things that are similar yeah and we all also have our own individual like some of those some of the overarching things impact our lives in similar ways yeah some of them impact them in different ways everybody impact like has them impact them in you know everyone also has a family below like these overall things that impact you in very specific ways so it's like getting to the treating everyone as if everybody isn't like also being in like i think that's what it is it's like a lot of times we treat these situations like well you are mostly impacted by your race or your perceived race or whatever and then it's like, okay, well, but there's all these other, like, that kind of denies, like, the way more, sp- you're m- more impacted by, like, where you are and who your parents are yeah. than almost anything else. Think, so it's like, yeah. that that changes a ton, too. Uh, yeah. It's like, they can, you can all be affected by the same thing, but, like, that's going to make, uh, like, sure, like, Donald Trump is racist, and he's probably racist because his dad was racist, but, like, his crippling desire to be loved and stuff like that didn't come from him being racist. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They came from, like, it was, it was, having, a, having a dad who was sucked. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's, like, one of those things where... Yeah, of yeah. course, exactly. And it, but it raises these ideas. It's about, again, it's... You know, I always come back to it, partly, because I guess maybe I, do, I write things, but I'm just so interested about the discourse and the, and the way the language is used, because there, there's the great... It's like, where is the where do you want the weight of interpretation to go? You yeah. know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and it feels like there's an extraordinary weight of interpretation only sitting with one sort of, the, the idea of the sort of broad groupings as being the key way of interpreting yeah. individual character. That's exactly yes. you know what I mean? It's, it's utilized right in either both <laughs> um, in all sorts of ways, you know, and other ways of interpreting it, like character or in, or the individual gets, it seems to get very little space a lot of the time. Do you know what I mean? I think, or, yeah. as, or, or in as much as that, in terms of space, it's like also like where is the space? And I guess what we're all talking about really is like yeah. what is it's it's in things where you see these questions, these things being engaged with, which is probably in the media and on the internet, and you know, um, but there's an enormous weight to it, and the alternative ways of looking at people or the other ideas, like Pete's idea of like the community, there's like crossover with your sense of southern character, even with that girl who ran off to join ISIS. You know what I mean? It's, you're not saying she's your pal or anything, but she's from the same place as you, and you feel and, and, yeah. and that there's something that says that it doesn't mean you're the same people, but no, there's, no, there's, cross, yeah. there's crossovers. Uh, she's from Hoover, that's why she joined ISIS. Yeah, that's there's right. crossovers True. and weights to these things which need to be need to. I feel it's just like you feel like they need to, that you want there to be a sense of a movement towards that that can exist alongside the larger structural ideas that are causing inequalities or problems for people. It's like they need that we need to find a way for these discourses to coexist without feeling like you're somehow, you know, not taking the the other stuff seriously. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah. 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 That totally. Makes, I mean, like, I, yeah. That, I don't. I don't know how. Uh, I don't know any other affirmation to say than yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, I think the most important character categorization, which I think is the most unique to individual people, because for the most part, no one really learned how to do this. 
from someone else you just kind of figured it out is just like the stuff you do in your bathroom you know what i mean like are you uh, do you are you a front to back wiper are you a through the legs wiper are you around the legs wiper uh do you use a washcloth or a bar of soap yeah or just hands and uh and body wash yeah do you uh when you brush your teeth do you go to the sink and like drink out of it like a water fountain or do you cup it in your hand Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of different like you wet your toothpaste before you put it in the mouth yeah you got to some well, people don't. I wet the toothbrush, then put the toothpaste on the toothbrush. Sometimes. Oh, so you're a freak. I, I do it both. I put the toothpaste on there, run that whole junk under the sink. I do. I do that down. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only way. Otherwise, it's too chalky. Do you suck the the extra water off the toothpaste after you rinse it out to make sure it's extra dry? I rinse it all. I do it like a car wash. I brush with the stuff. Yeah. I then rinse the toothbrush off clean. Oh, and then, and then hit brush a, again. Hit a fresh rinse. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. That's just you know. That's just for us trying to do it right. Yeah. Um, How thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I change it up every day, man. Yeah. Oh wow. I just yeah. believe. I believe in like the wide variety of personhood, you know. So I'm just always shifting up my both my um my uh, defecatory habits and my my oral cleanliness. Yeah. Yeah. That's always good to know. Oh um, man. But see, this is the last note on all this stuff for now. Is like. Even now, after having this conversation, this is like something that I think is probably both a good thing and something that irritates me is even after having this conversation, my mind is racing a thousand miles per second thinking like, what all did I just say? And like, is what what did I inevitably not think about? That was like you know insensitive to some other group of people. Well, see, I don't know. Pete's problem, canceled. Though. Hashtag Pete's canceled. Yeah, that but is, but that is literally the problem. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, I think it is a, both a good thing to. <laughs> I think it is both a good thing and a problem to, to. You, it is, it is inherently good to consider others' opinions and try not to upset. I mean, like you know, try not to say things that is upsetting to people or like not upsetting, but mean, you know, hurtful yeah. or whatever. Um, and generally, not good to say uh, things that are intentionally. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's yeah, just you know. it's just it's good to consider other people's thoughts and feelings. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so I think that is 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 a good thing. Uh, yet, I think sometimes it's tough to come up with like try to work through your feelings while also second guessing every single thing you're saying and running it through and trying to make sure well, yeah, like but, but what you're vo- the fear you're voicing is the one that everyone is feeling at the moment. It's just yeah. like because there's a strain of there's this strain of sort of like you know, sort of, not only political, but sort of theoretical, like, knowledge-based absolutism at strain in the land. Do you know yeah. what I mean? People are like, fuck you, you didn't say this thing. And you're like, well, all right, I didn't say it. Well, now I know about it. I'm, you know what I mean? Instead of being like, oh, hey, man, this is an interesting thing you should know about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, yeah, it makes you it makes you nervous to say, like, hey, I'm genuinely trying to figure out how to, how to be good in the world and, like, treat people well and, and do what I'm supposed to do. And if, but you are so afraid to travel that road because if you take a misstep, well, your leg's broken, and like people are going to chew your head clean off your body. But I don't know. Like I say, it's both a good thing and a bad thing. I think people used to consider other people way less, and we used to have slavery. Pete, so, that like, was inconsiderate of people who don't have legs. I just want you to know. Yeah, I not know. everybody. Not everybody who's trying to be better has full functionality of both of their legs. Man, that's true. That's true. It's like uh, you know our good okay. friend and, oh. and former guest of the show Edgar, Edgar Montplaisir has a show, The Wokest, 
He is the wokest. He, well, except for that he wasn't considering the plight of those who suffer from narcolepsy. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> what that about is true. them? What about the narcoleptics? <laughs> <laughs> Edgar um, handled it correctly, though. When, yeah. I, when I told him that, he said he was going to send an assassin to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Edgar. Listen yeah. to Locust and Culture Kings, by the way. That's my plug there. Yeah, that is a good plug. Worthwhile plug. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I don't know. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure somebody on the internet is upset with our conversation, but... Uh, you know. I don't know, man. We don't have enough listeners for somebody to be too upset. You know what I mean? That's true. We're if not they are, enough. yeah. Like if we once we get like proper famous, then we'll have like we ridiculous have really have people. Haters, yeah. yeah, ridiculous haters out there. Yeah. We don't. Well, le- luckily, I, I, all of I, you I, are I, our I, lovers. I'd be really great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with. I stand by it. Easy Woodstock. <laughs> I stand by it. <laughs> Come back from Woodstock. Go to Woodstock once. You're all my lovers. Yeah. All right, lovers. Uh, fire escape artist. Mm. Uh, all that good stuff. Thanks for listening to us this week, uh, and mm. and tuning to us all the time. I hope you've enjoyed the show. <laughs> to us all the time, tuning into us all the time. You know, oh. they're all it's constantly all the time. We have all the best listeners. That's true. The smartest listeners, the best people. Um, but you can catch us every week. You you know where on all your favorite podcasting apps. You're listening to it right now, so you already know all that stuff. But if you want to talk to us, firescapepod at gmail.com, at firescapepod on all the social medias. Um, I'll do another plug for, you know, for reviews and stuff yeah, like that, too, because we we should probably, you know, do that stuff. Uh, leave us a review. Leave us five stars. Leave us one star, whatever you want. Yeah. Don't, but leave us five stars. Um, thank you for... Uh, you know, for the people who have done it so far. But yeah, uh, you know, review, like, and subscribe. Like us on all the social things. It helps us out. Uh, also, other, oh, uh, you can check out past guest Andrew Collins' new show, Puddles. Uh, he has a podcast. Oh, it's yeah. I haven't Puddles. listened to that yet. I, I, mean, to. I mean, I've definitely I listened to I haven't listened to it yet. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I fully intend to do so. And he's a funny dude. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, See you next week. Thanks, y'all. Rule. Rule. Oh, dude, I got the dash, so I gotta go see a man about the Ruling. There he is. Bye. Bye. What's wrong with the beer we got? I mean, the beer we got drank pretty good, don't it? The days are getting shorter, and you can feel it in the air. Yes, it's that time of year. Pumpkin is finally back at Dunkin'. It's the cozy you've been craving all summer long, now in your cup at Dunkin'. Pick up all of your pumpkin favorites, like the signature pumpkin spice iced latte, or a pumpkin iced coffee, and bakery items like pumpkin donuts and muffins. Sip into something comfortable to celebrate the start of cozy season. Use the Dunkin' app for contactless ordering. America runs on Dunkin'. The days are getting shorter, and you can feel it in the air. Yes, it's that time of year. Pumpkin is finally back at Dunkin'. It's the cozy you've been craving all summer long, now in your cup at Dunkin'. Pick up all of your pumpkin favorites, like the signature pumpkin spice iced latte, or a pumpkin iced coffee, and bakery items like pumpkin donuts and muffins. Sip into something comfortable to celebrate the start of cozy season. 
Use the Dunkin' app for contactless ordering. America runs on Dunkin'.